88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. A panel on COVID-19 vaccines hasn't concluded that the Sinovac jab is safe for those aged between 3 and 17. Cast iron pots have been found to release metals during the cooking process and may pose risks to people's health, the Consumer Council has said. And the Consumer Watchdog has compared 85 5G plans provided by eight network operators and found that 84 of them have been bundled with value-added services, which could lead to unnecessary spending. Government expert advisors have agreed to recommend lowering the age limit for Sinovac to three years old. Priscilla Ng reports. The advisory panel on COVID-19 vaccines met to discuss suggestions to give both Sinovac and BioNTech vaccines to younger children. The experts said they concluded that Sinovac was safe for those aged between 3 and 17 years old to receive the Sinovac vaccine. They added that they had gone through data from Sinovac, real-world data from the mainland, as well as initial data from Phase 3 clinical trials in countries like South Africa and Chile. But for BioNTech, the experts suggested the government should demand for more relevant information from the supplier, Fosun Pharmaceutical. Six new imported COVID-19 infections were reported in Hong Kong today involving people who flew in from Pakistan, the Philippines, South Africa, Germany and the United Arab Emirates. All of them have received both doses of the BioNTech vaccine. The Consumer Council has warned that some cast iron pots may release a high level of metal during the cooking process and pose risks to people's health. Wendy Wong reports. The Consumer Council tested seven cast iron pots, four of which released metals when exposed to high temperatures. It said a port made by Lodge was found to release iron at a level that was 55 times the European limit. A port made by another brand, Bruno, was found to release the carcinogenic heavy metals arsenic and cadmium. The level of arsenic found was 17 times the European limit, the council said. Two other ports made by Vermicola and Sorianaki also released metals, although the levels were not as high, the council said. The chairwoman of the council's research and testing committee, Nora Tam, said metals released during cooking could contaminate the food and pose health risks. The council said it's urged companies to review the raw materials and manufacturing processes. It has also referred cases to the Customs and Excise Department for follow-up action. Consumers are also being advised to make sure they're fully aware of what exactly they're signing up for when they purchase 5G mobile services. As Kelly Yu reports, some of these packages are bundled with unnecessary monthly expenses. The Consumer Council said it compared 85 mobile 5G service plans provided by eight network operators with basic fees ranging from just over $100 to $1,200 a month. Among the surveyed plans, all but one were found to be tied with other value-added services, most of which involve additional charges. The council said some companies offer extra features like music or video streaming and network security to attract customers, without stating clearly that they are actually paid services. Nora Tam, chairperson of the council's research and testing committee, urged customers to think twice before subscribing to a 5G mobile service plan. The remaining 84 plans were bundled with the other value-added services or offering gifts and monthly fee rebate to antiques customers. Blindly pursuing a plan with large data volume without genuine needs could incur unnecessary expenses. The watchdog called on consumers to think about how much data they really need and scrutinize the service contracts while choosing a 5G service provider. 
On the mainland, trading kicked off on the Beijing Stock Exchange today with shares of the 10 companies that recently listed on it surging as much as sixfold and triggering circuit breakers. But performance was mixed for the other 71 stocks, which were transferred to the new bourse for the select tier of Beijing's over-the-counter new third board. More than 4 million investors have opened accounts to trade on the Beijing Stock Exchange. And now the weather. It will become cloudy with sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 21 and 26 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. Forecasters say the next few days will be mainly cloudy, but there will be sunny periods during the day. It will become appreciably cooler next week. Currently, the temperature is 22 degrees and the humidity is 72%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Back locally, the Consumer Council has called on people planning to use the government's feed-in tariff scheme to make sure they comply with the law when installing renewable energy systems. Under the scheme, people can sell the solar and wind power they generate into the grid at a rate which is about five times higher than the normal tariff. The council says it has received 18 complaints about solar energy systems in the first 10 months, compared to just 15 for the whole of last year. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong says consumers should make sure installation companies give the correct advice. There are complaints related to the claim of the contractor, whether your electric system meets the requirement of the power company, for example, the illegal construction on your rooftop. In many cases, the contractor said that it is not necessary to fulfill all the lands and buildings regulation, but this is completely wrong. So installing a solar panel system is not easy. You really need to find out all the regulations in advance and understand the implication to you before you really find a good contractor. An animal welfare group has called on the government to pull a new strategy of catching and killing wild boars that regularly visit busy streets, saying the animals will stay away from the city if people stop feeding them. Maggie Ho reports. Roni Wong, a member of the Hong Kong Wild Boar Concern Group, said authorities should have stepped up education and penalties for people who feed wild pigs before hastily introducing the policy to regularly capture and kill the animal. I think the government must increase resources for officers to patrol and warn people. Of course, we don't want to see people who feed wild boars being punished just because they are being too kind. But in the short term, I think it cannot be helped. Mr Wong told an RTHK program that instead of killing the animals, the government should be putting more manpower into a contraception and relocation scheme that started in 2017, which he said will also reduce the number of wild boars and thus the risk they may pose to people. But Simon Chan, an assistant director at the Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department, said the contraception scheme will be suspended because it had not been effective. He told the same program that there's been a rising number of incidents of wild boars attacking people in recent years. Mr Chan noted that in the first 10 months of 2021, there were 11 cases of wild boars hurting people rather seriously. So instead of waiting slowly to see if people would stop feeding the animals, authorities will now take a surge of action to protect people by reducing their numbers and the nuisance they cause. He added the government may also consider resuming hunting operations to manage the wild boar population. 
A Baptist University expert says a survey he led showed lower-income families are increasingly turning to foreign domestic helpers, reflecting the lack of childcare support in the city. Adam Cheng, an assistant professor of sociology at the university, said his team polled around 500 couples who hired or used to employ helpers between 2018 and 2020 and found that around a quarter of them were from less well-off backgrounds. Professor Chang said many of them hired helpers to do household chores so they could free up time for parenting. Most of them are driven by the demand. They have a very high parenting expectation. They have a very high work demand so that they have a very intense work-family conflict to solve. More and more lower-income families have to. They are forced to use the practice to release some time for parenting. Food Panda riders are back at work after the company agreed to hold talks with them tomorrow following a weekend strike. Wakas Fida, who helped manage the industrial action, said hundreds of staff in his area joined the stoppage shutting down food deliveries in Simsachoy and the Tokwawan area. He said they are angry about pay cuts, new job requirements and how complaints are handled. When we go out to the work, we feel maybe today is my last day. I will be suspended because of restaurant fake complaints. Sometimes customer place the order, then customer don't need and customer also didn't answer our call. And it's all come to us. We get the notification last few days, you have canceled more orders, so you are suspended for three days. And if two to three times you've been suspended, they will terminate you for six months. We purchased the bike to work with them. So if they're suspending or terminating us, what we do? That's why the people were really angry this time. Food Panda estimated that only 200 of its 10,000 active couriers took part in the strike. China specialist Willie Lam says the virtual summit between President Xi Jinping and the U.S. leader Joe Biden tomorrow morning Hong Kong time is very significant despite the efforts of both sides to manage expectations. Many analysts believe there is unlikely to be any breakthrough on contentious issues when the two leaders face each other for the first time. But Professor Lam told RTHK this is still a major step forward in bilateral relations. The very optics of the meeting, the symbolism is very important because it means that after the period of almost cessation of high-level dialogues between both countries, beginning with the last one year or so of the Donald Trump administration. Now the Biden administration and the Xi administration are ready to re-establish ways and means for regular contacts between ministerial and cabinet-level officials from both sides. So the fact that it is possible that they might lay down some timetable, for example, for so-called phase two trade negotiations and that there would be regular meetings between economics and diplomatic officials from both sides. I think if this were to be accomplished and announced, this would be a step forward for bilateral relations as well as for concrete results. For example, agreements on any aspects of Sino-American relations, we really don't expect that much, except for areas where there are obvious commonality of interest, for example, climate change and the issues of North Korea, Iran, Iraq and so forth, where there might
might be pledges of further cooperation, but the uh, exact details in which cooperation in these areas might be accomplished, I don't think there will be any definitive announcement. European Union foreign ministers are expected to decide to expand sanctions against Belarus over the migrant standoff at Belarus's borders with Poland, Latvia and Lithuania. The EU has accused Belarus of inviting migrants to Minsk with the promise of helping them cross into EU territory. The foreign ministers' meeting in Brussels are set to widen existing sanctions to include airlines, travel agents and individuals involved in the alleged operation. Joseph Borrell is the EU Foreign Affairs Chief. The sanctions are always effective. They're always effective because they affect people. They affect their wealth and their capacity of movements. And today we are going to approve a new package of sanctions against uh, Belarusian people responsible for what's happening in the country. And we are going to enlarge the framework in order to think, to implement other sanctions to other people, airlines, travel agencies, and everybody involved on this illegal push of migrants in our borders. British police say an explosion in a taxi outside a hospital that killed a man is being treated as a terrorist incident, but the motive remains unclear. Russ Jackson, the head of counterterrorism policing in Northwest England said the blast on Sunday at Liverpool Women's Hospital involved an improvised explosive device. It is not clear what the motivation for this incident is. Our inquiries indicate that an improvised explosive device has been manufactured and our assumption so far is that it was built by the passenger in the taxi. The reason why he then took it to the women's hospital is unknown, as is the reason for its sudden explosion. We are, of course, aware that there were remembrance events just a short distance away from the hospital and that the ignition occurred shortly before 11am. We cannot at this time draw any connection with this, but it is a line of inquiry which we are pursuing. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. A panel on COVID-19 vaccines has concluded that the Sinovac jab is safe for those aged between 3 and 17. Cast iron pots have been found to release metals during the cooking process and may pose risks to people's health, the Consumer Council has said. And the Consumer Watchdog has compared 85 5G plans provided by eight network operators and found that 84 of them had been bundled with value-added services, which could lead to unnecessary spending. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Closer I get to you, Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Uh, the reason they did a lot of music together, well, one of the reasons at least, was they were mates. They were friends from their days at Howard University. They recorded an album of duets, and uh, there was one of them, The Closer I Get to You. Wasn't it featured in Rush Hour 3 with uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan? Chris Tucker playing the part of Roberta 